Seba, and this is episode 50 of season 2. And I don't have enough prepared for you today. I have done exactly like I said I was going to do, and I put Sawan first, and a little bit of Halloween, as we all know it, which is different altogether. However, there is nostalgia in it for me. So, I've, um, yeah, I've, I've allowed myself to really dig in deep to lean into Halloween just a little bit as a celebratory, nostalgic even, experience. Now just leave something like pop culture to me. Back when I was publishing academic papers and stuff, honey, I would pull in the craziest stuff to, I don't know, ground the situation so that I could understand things a lot better. One of those things, of course, was... Feminism, goddess theology. I wrote about Meredith Brooks' song, Bitch. I'm sure you all remember that one. I wrote about Prince and about their refusal to allow gendered society to make decisions about them. And y'all, I wrote about this about 20 years ago. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. It was the way I understood the world through the lens of pop culture. I don't think there's anything I've ever done in which pop culture has not had some sort of effective lens thrown to it and thrown on it. For a long time, I thought there was something weird about that, but now I understand that it's just the way I party, y'all. It's the way I understand the world. No matter how old I get, that doesn't really shift in any way, which is part and parcel of why I'm doing these little soundtracks. Sometimes you might notice them. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people go look at them other than my sweet bat children over in our Patreon group. They love them. But sometimes I do soundtracks because in my head, I've always got one going on. Anyway, as usual, I did not plan notes. I don't have anything in particular I wanted to talk to you about because living my real life is all I've got time for right now. That being stated, you're part of that life. And I guess I'm just going to have to go with what I got today, y'all. suppose it's not going to be some wonderful silent explosion on my end. But this is what real witches look like. Or (laughs) sound like. So whether or not y'all are going to think I'm an old fool, I'm going to tell you what mattered to me this week as I was running through old movies and such as that. You see, I've been noticing on Facebook and even with my children, I've heard over and over that the latest Halloween movie just doesn't have great reviews. (laughs) You know, y'all, I just got to love on y'all a little bit. I mean, I understand y'all expected art out of the Halloween series. I'm not making fun of y'all. I'm making fun of y'all. Sorry, I'm totally making fun of y'all. What? There was only one Halloween movie that we could call close to art, and that was because it had never been done before, y'all. Okay? 1978, Haddonfield, Illinois, honey, I was there. (laughs) 
I was there. I mean, and I was, you know, at the movie theater and I was only 12 years old. And I snuck out for that one. I'm just, I'm a little confused. I'm um, puzzled, <laughs> befuddled. Y'all expected art? Hmm. I cannot wait to see what Rotten Tomatoes does with this. I really cannot. And uh, the worse it gets, the more I sit back and relish it all. I reckon some folks out here have missed the point of Laurie Strode. And I'd like to talk about it here at Halloween. How about that? Let's chat. Laurie Strode is my hero. Mm-hmm. I know, y'all have got better ones than I do. Mine are a little bit more uh, down to earth, although I would say that I don't know anyone who has ever survived that much. Let me tell you about Laurie. When I was 12 years old, I saw a girl on the screen that kept her damn shirt on. Mm-hmm. Sure did. Defended the vulnerable, survived the nightmare. And I honestly don't care how cheesy everybody finds this. I don't. Because Laurie Strode was my very first screen crush. And no matter how it's filmed, and by the way, yes, I do turn away at every little bit of gore. I don't do gore. <laughs> Isn't that funny? No, y'all, I don't do gore. But no matter what, I'm going to show up with my popcorn when Laurie Strode hits the air. And let me explain why. And that's because a long time ago, she showed up and taught me that being scared doesn't equal being weak. That girls, fill in that blank, don't have to find somebody to save them. And now today, y'all, I don't know if you've noticed while everybody's making fun of her, she's showing all of us that aging is beautifully fierce and that legends never die. And this Gen Xer over here is in it. I'm here for all of that cinematic cringe. And it may not be art, but damn if it didn't matter to me. Okay? She is our original final girl, which is... Mm. Y'all gotta stop looking at the damn ratings and think about the deeper meaning here. I get it's not everybody's cup of tea. I get that. And I reckon neither am I. Y'all know I don't really have any uh, deep love or respect for John Wayne. I've learned too much about his real life and honey, it ain't good. It ain't pretty. You know what I'm saying? But he said something one time. Isn't that the kick in the pants? And somebody says something one time and you're like, well, shit. Now I got to quote your dumb lame ass for the rest of my life. Anyway, he said something akin to courage is being scared shitless and riding into town anyway. And I think we have a very skewed sense of courage. But for me, Laurie Strode was that. There are some things y'all don't know about me. That's okay. But those very things are the reason that I am where I am today. And Laurie Strode helped me get through a lot of it. Just that image on a screen, y'all. Yeah, she was scared. Yeah, she may have cried. And she whooped that monster's damn ass, didn't she? And she kept coming back because she wanted to do the right thing. And she was scared shitless. Let's talk about that. Because of Laurie, this wonderful character that I admire, I decided education was important. I decided that while I was laying in Lakeland Detention Facility, 
which is a very sweet way of saying kitty prison. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where I was. And the, I'm sorry, Jersey, y'all are tough, honey. Down here, I don't know about our detention facilities, but up there, I might as well have been in prison prison. It was, um, well, that shit is scary, y'all. <laughs> it really is. And when I would get put up against a wall, and when a guard would, t- t- sorry, try to violate me, I'll be very careful here. All I could hold in my mind back then was this image of Laurie fighting the monster. And you know, that mask came in really handy for me because it meant I could put any person behind it and understand that I was uh, fighting the boogeyman again. Laurie taught me that I could be smart, that I didn't have to use my body in ways that was um, heartbreaking to my soul. Laurie taught me to face the dark and the things that had happened to me as, well, fucking horrible, but you don't scream and you don't beg for your life and you keep pushing. Without that, I don't, I don't know what I would have done. And then, of course, because of Laurie Strode, we had all the other final girls, right? So my favorites aren't even in horror movie. Well, y'all might consider it a horror movie. Alien with Sigourney Weaver. Mm. That moment where she called that alien a bitch, y'all. Feel that in my soul, in my bones. Because of Laurie Strode, we also got a seriously tough mama and the uh, Terminator. Because of her, there were so many final girls. And I guess for a lot of white-bred American witchcraft, maybe a lot of folks don't need that. You know, maybe your, your childhood wasn't marked by terror. Maybe you've never had anyone break anything on your face. I get it. So you don't understand that we, some of us, need this image in our head. I'm feeling a certain kind of way today, y'all, and the hitch in my voice is not pain, it's anger. It is not someone's fault if they've never struggled. It is not someone's fault if they have never suffered, okay? Not your damn fault. Don't want you to have to. But can we please have a reality check in American witchcraft? Because, y'all, some of us are practicing because it was the only thing that kept us from going insane. Some of us are practicing because it was the only way to fight back. And I'm not talking about your mortgage. Some of us are practicing because of all the things that went bump in the damn night when we were six. And I'm some of us. I know I come across uh, quite differently. Passing quite well, right? I'm a sweet little old grandma, and I am a sweet little old grandma. I'm a gardener. I'm a wonderful cook. Damn, honey, I've even been on city council once. Nobody gets it. They don't see the kid who slept in boxes by a train track or who would go without food for five to six days and have to do something really untoward to eat that night. And even then, Lucky if it was white bread. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all don't know what it's like to see bars every day you wake up and get to know the people that you were told were, most assuredly, <laughs> the uncivilized ones of our world and realize you were just like them, just like them. 
but they would never be just like you. I get that I can no longer tell stories about certain things. I've learned from a listener or two I have to be very careful with trigger warnings, and even then, I could get in a lot of trouble, couldn't I? So I can't share too much. I just, I can't. You see, I'm trying to reach across here. For some of us, witchcraft was the only tool we had against the oppressor. It wasn't just sparkly crystals, pretty pentagrams, and capes. For fuck's sake, I didn't even own a cape until about two weeks ago. By the way, thank you, Highcraft Farm. Finally, one that actually looks like me, but I never owned one. I didn't have a wand. I didn't have a pretty altar cloth. And damn, y'all, sometimes really poor kids who are out on the street can't afford sea salt. I love that there are more podcasts talking about the craft, and I love that there is more attention given to it. And I love that it's more accessible to everyone. I guess, I guess I don't love that so many folks just dump it when they don't get what they want, you know? Well, I cast for him to love me, or I really needed that new car. Sometimes late at night, when I would think about doing something and really felt like I could not continue anymore. You know, the hunger had gotten to me, the eye infections, but that was a very hard place to be. And some nights, the craft was the only light I had. I didn't cast for money. I didn't cast for fame. I certainly wasn't working if some bitch down the holler was mad at me and do I need to bind her. The kind of work I did then to survive was a little bit more root and bone. And as much as I have tried to get with the program and do things a little bit more white bread, I still do not lean on the craft unless those needs have arrived again. And occasionally they do. Feel like I'm yelling at someone. I don't know who it is. You see, I uh, I lean on the trees to tell me when danger is coming, and I talk to the squirrels and the snakes, and as y'all already know, the spiders. I look to the moon like anybody else, but I also look to the sun, and I listen to the land spirits, and I talk to my dad, and I guess that's what I mean by which I find every damn thing, honey. I don't go just live my life and then show up in front of a very pretty and ordered altar. In fact, if you saw my altar, you you might not think it was that beautiful. I saw a call recently by Patheos to send in pictures of our altars <laughs> for Halloween. Sorry, Sawin, but it felt like Halloween to me when I saw it. And bless y'all's hearts. I mean, I love y'all. I read everything y'all do, but bless y'all's hearts. That's an invasion. My altar is private. (laughs) I would never put it up. Are you kidding me? I think I may be more alone than I thought I was. I think I'm not very good at commercialized witchcraft. I've seen new witches, you know, set up an altar and do all that pretty witchcraft. It is pretty. And I think it's sweet. I really do. That's not a bless your heart. I really, I mean that. I think it's sweet. And then somewhere along the way, I don't know, it gets in you. 
And then they start doing the real down and dirty, the grit of that work. And uh, suddenly some things don't matter so much anymore. So, hey, it's gateway witchcraft, (laughs) right? Good. Okay, we're doing gateway. I love that. Whatever it takes to end up in a place of a very deep relationship with nature and the spirits and your god or goddess are both and affecting change in this world that needs it so much. Let me pull out of this conversation before I offend too many people. What I'm saying is, y'all, I do Laurie Strode witchcraft, and that ain't never going to get a good review. Does that make any sense to you? You know, I I follow the actress, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, but she's not Laurie Strode. (laughs) She's not. But I follow her on the social media. Look, I said the social media. Look how old I am. Anyway, I follow her there, and I love her, too. Because I don't think Laurie Strode could exist without Jamie. Her own life, whether it be privileged or not, her own struggles, and I'm not going to say them here because I really hate how people monetize that shit, but her own struggles, y'all, they brought something to Laurie. But when I look at her extraordinarily unbotoxed, unplumped, uncut face, when I listen to Jamie Lee and she's not always appropriate. <laughs> and she kind of gives Hollywood a hard time. And when I watch that character at age 19 show up on my screen from 1978, and then watch it show back up the other night, when I watch Halloween Ends, I don't grade her performance based upon a movie, based upon the writing or the characterization or the lighting. Um, I don't think she has anything left to fucking prove. Do we know any other actress who has made it that fucking long? Who has stood by a character and worn that damn stage out fighting a boogeyman? I find it very ironic, by the way, while we're talking about pop culture. I find it really ironic, y'all, that I first started watching Orange is the New Black. I know, I know, go ahead. Hold on to the wheel of the car. Last week. (laughs) Never saw it before. I'm really stubborn, by the way. I don't know if you know that yet. I'm very, very stubborn. And everybody loved that show, so I wasn't going to watch it. Did the same damn thing with Game of Thrones, and look where that got me. Binging for two weeks and unable to breathe. Exactly. You, You knew it. And I've been thinking about Laurie, you know, this whole week, and uh, how she was like the big sister I never had (laughs) while I was watching Orange. Can we just call it Orange? I'm not good at shortening that. And all of a sudden, all I could see were Laurie Strode's different shade of skin, different background, just a shit ton of Laurie Strode's. I wasn't prepared for the PTSD flashback. I was not. And I guess by the privilege of my damn skin, my records are sealed. But that's real fucking witchcraft, y'all. That's that's the real craft. Digging down deep into your shadow. Working on who you are. Making those goddamn connections with other people. Fighting the boogeyman. That's witchcraft. Sometimes we're somebody else's boogeyman. 
And I hope it's not too shocking for me to say that means sometimes we have to kill things in ourselves to become bigger, better, stronger, more resilient, and something some 12-year-old girl could look up to. Or boy. I guess I just wanted to come in here and say I'm encouraged that there are people out there who are entertaining witchcraft as a possible path or even attempting to practice it that have not experienced any kind of real trauma in their lives. And that's wonderful. I hope you don't. But all right, I know how to say it. I hope I don't offend y'all. But, you know, witchcraft is not your prison, bitch. Remember that. Something you only utilize when you're in trauma up against a wall, can't move, can't walk, heartbroken over some boy. Witchcraft needs to be something you'll take home with you. Something that you would be loyal to. Something that could teach you a little bit more than just getting your ass out of trouble. It can teach you what you're really made of. It can share with you relationships you've never fathomed before. If it's only something you're picking up when you're in dire straits and not something that you melt into and become part of and open up your damn molecules to until you are part of the air and the wind, until you can hear the tree speak to you, until you have actually transmuted into a witch, which is a completely different thing way more profound thing than someone who just practices witchcraft. Until that happens, you have wasted quite a lot of the craft. Now, you know, no one's coming to get you and your karma ain't gonna get slapped around. But oh honey, you have missed the deepest part of it. For me, witchcraft has transgressed hunger, heartbreak, losing a child, sexual assault, Imprisonment, domestic violence, extreme, sharp poverty, and several, several boogeymen. But at the end of the day, it's still with me. My relationship with my great mother, call it a goddess, call it whatever you want to call, you know, the force. It is the force at the end of the day. That thing... Well, I I dig down deep, y'all, and I try not to get pissy when I see other folks putting it on like a fun Halloween cloak here and there for a festival once a year. Piss your daddy and your mama off. I get a little uncomfortable with that. I have to keep on telling myself, honey, maybe it'll get in them and maybe they will finally see. It's a gateway. (laughs) I'm just teasing with that, honey. It's way more than a gateway. I try really hard, but for some of us, it's the way we stay alive. It's what gives our entire lives meaning. It's what makes sense of everything. And it's the only real power we've ever felt. So, while y'all are doing all that, this Samhain, while y'all are dancing, and I want you to have that good time, please remember something. It's our church. It's sacred. And it flows through us because you cannot capture the sacred. It has to be a lived thing. Y'all know my niece, I don't know if I brought it up last podcast, and I'm just too in, too deep in right now to stop and go look. 
But my niece who did the photo shoot for us, well, first of all, she's pagan royalty. I won't get into telling her story, but she truly is. But second of all, she never allowed anyone who was not of our path to have photos taken in a way that would appropriate our culture. Which culture? I can't tell you what that means to me. I will tell you, it is time for us to protect it a little more. We need more religious protection. And I know a lot of us don't like the idea of, quote, religion. Neither do I. They're never going to understand what this is. We have to couch it as religion, honey, if we want any protection. Sorry. You know what you mean in your heart. You want to call it a spirituality? Ain't nobody going to protect that. It is time that we actually fight for the right to be witches. To not be fired for it. To not be condemned for it. To not be killed for it. And if we don't get on that damn train, y'all, we're going to see that erode like every other right we're watching right now go right down the drain. So the next time you practice this beautiful craft, this uh, life this um, afterlife, this everything that some of us hold so dear. Open up just a little bit more. Go the extra mile, honey. You don't want to be those other girls in that horror movie, do you? You know, the ones who go out for the beer and nobody ever hears from again. I'll be right back. (laughs) You want to be the Laurie Strode of witchcraft. Let's see. The one who takes care of kids. The one who defies all manner of odds. The one who finally understands that sacrifice is everything at the end of the day. If we want a better world. And that's going to take a lot of work. And that your hands got to get dirty. Be the Laurie Strode of fucking witchcraft, man. Be the final girl. You know, I keep reading that witchcraft is growing because, well, usually they say women, so I'm not going to lie feel so much autonomy and power and blah, blah, blah. And you know what? That, that's true. And that does come. You will feel that if you ever really give in. Go past what my friend Linda calls white girls sitting around, casting pentagrams, drinking a mocha latte. Yeah, if you can push past that, you're going to find that. That is absolutely true. But there's a responsibility here, too. A responsibility that goes way into the centuries, baby. I mean, you can affect change. And if the only change you're working, the only thing that matters to you is whether or not you get that new whatever. Or whether or not you can make Mary and Cubicle 2 lose your boyfriend. If that is all you care about, it's wasted upon you, dear. You're no Laurie Strode, honey. And one of the greatest mysteries about magic and the craft is, um, you can't hold that in your hand that tightly. The sacred has to move. It cannot be put in a box. It has to move. And y'all, that children, that means you have to share it. And so I guess if you are practicing magic in a vacuum... And all you're looking for, honey, is uh, an immediate reward. You're already a lost girl. Your magic will turn upon its own tail and eat itself alive in that box, honey. It will. Try instead to be a final girl 
or boy, be something. Be more fucking original. Because real witchcraft? Oh, y'all, that's work. I'm sorry. That's work. I know. I know. I know. All the movies made it look like it was fun and all you needed was a couple herbs, right? Maybe a candle. Say the right thing and just a ooga booga and it was all done. That's not the way this shit goes, babe. And if it did go that way, it wouldn't be very special, would it? All right, that's enough. Just do me a favor. This Samhain, if you are practicing your craft and all you think you need to do is say a handful of prescribed words and you're out of here, try to dig down a little bit deeper, honey. It's life or death for some of us. It's a calling at the end of the day. And I'm sorry. Rotten Tomatoes ain't got shit on that. All right, I need to do some Patreon shoutouts. These people are the only people keeping this podcast on the air. I really cannot afford it. So thank you so much, y'all. And our new people are Dezos. I may have said these before, saying them again to be sure. Aaron, Mary, Serena, Catherine, Kelly, and Danny. As I go, I want to reiterate, I want to make sure it's very, very clear. I am not trying to talk you out of witchcraft. Listen to me, all of y'all new folks who are trying it. I am not trying to talk you out of it. I'm asking y'all to get off the floor. (laughs) I don't want you to be a victim in this life. I'm asking you to stand up. I'm asking you to be a final girl or final boy. A final witch. This, this is a very serious calling. And it's not just here to serve us. It, I'm sorry, means that you have to serve magic. And that means the trees and the ghosties and everything in between this life and the next. That is what you will be serving. So happy Samhain, final witches. This is a long road and some of us are tired. But damn, ain't it beautiful? Love y'all like chicken. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.